Welcome to the Shifting with Marley podcast. I'm Marley. Thank you for joining me wherever you are. All that I ask of you, the listener, is to have an open mind and an open heart. And in return, I offer you myself. Today, we're going to talk about our inner child, how to connect with our inner child, and how to heal the trauma that our inner child is carrying, and how to nurture our inner child to help us relieve some of the weight we are carrying around inside us in order to live a little lighter and access the joy and playfulness and power that we all have access to through our inner child. And maybe the key to living our best life lies with our inner child. And just maybe the key to birthing the new world we are all creating also lies with our inner child. Here to guide us on our journey today is Kumari Devi. Kumari Devi is the founder of the Kumari Institute and is an author, spiritual and meditation teacher, and master healer whose mission is to help awaken humanity. Welcome, Kumari Devi. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so honored and grateful. Thank you. Can you please let people know where they can find you? Yes, I have a website called Kumara, K-U-M-A-R-A, institute.com, or you can find me on Instagram at kumaridevi.presence on Instagram. So Kumari Devi, I know that your work focuses on healing earlier life and trauma patterns, and you work with the inner child. I want to start with the basics today. What is the inner child? I see the inner child as the closest aspect of the human to the divine. We are closest to our divine self as probably a toddler or an infant. And then we are changed as we mature, right? So the I look at the inner child as a divine awakening into humanity. And then we get altered by our parents and society. But the closest we are to our divinity is that inner child. And when I do work with people, I like to take them all the way back to that moment where they connected or were always connected to their divine self. And then a pattern is created there. And then we kind of mature or lots of trauma comes in, you know, everybody else's belief systems are, are programmed into that child. And then we live a life. And I actually call it foundational consciousness. It's a development of our foundation of who we are. And it's about making a conscious decision or a conscious awareness of our divine self as that child. And that awakening is very powerful when we go back to that child and free her or him from the traumas. Wow. So the inner child is a part of us. Yes. It's the divine part of us. It's the part that is, is always divine. It's always there, but it's now, depending on how old we all are, it's now buried under layers and layers of life experiences. And what I like to do in my work and in workshops is to go find that child, have you go find that part of yourself and bring it forward. 
Mm, I love that. When does the inner child form? What age is our inner child? Yeah, that's a, probably a good question <laughs> to ask because uh, it would probably depend on everybody, you know, depending on the personal situations coming out of womb. So coming out of womb, being put on your mother's stomach, you're in your inner child. You're, that's the child. That's the, the divine part of you. So infant and depending on the patterning of the family would determine, you know, when you lost that aspect of yourself. You know, if the mother was harsh or the father was harsh, there's where the traumas start to come in. And trauma doesn't have to be severe for a child to start to close down. You know, we don't need a big war. There's a lot of different traumas that a lot of people don't talk about, like slamming doors is a trauma. Wow. That is fascinating. And our inner child, can I even be a teenager? Well, you want your inner child to mature. So we want to go find that inner child, that divine part of ourselves. We want to do it consciously. So we want to find it consciously and make connection. And then from that connection, then that child starts to integrate into who we are and we mature with that inner child. So it's not so separated. Until you do the work, it's separated. So there's this one part of us called child, then there's the adolescent, young adult, and so forth. But it's not a connection. There's not a looping connection between all of those. And we can see it in our society. We see it in people. You know, We see people who are in their 40s and they're emotionally immature, right? Or in their 30s and they're very mature because they have come back to themselves in some way. They've understand their... Um, Perhaps they don't call it inner child, but they found their inner self. And the inner child is connected to that inner self at a very deep level. And it has to be done consciously because we lost it unconsciously, right? We were too young to understand what was going on. We're not emotionally sophisticated as a toddler. And so we lose it. And now we're regaining that aspect of ourselves, our divine aspect of ourselves. Mm, yes. So does our inner child hold all of our childhood traumas? Yes, everything. So the inner child is separated from, from us. So for me, my inner child would have been separated from me until I did this work. And then the inner child, the traumas that we had in childhood are, can be severe. There could be severe slamming doors traumatizes a child, cigarette smoke traumatizes a child, yelling, you know, yelling at a child is trauma. There's so many traumas that we don't think about that are affect the child. Anger, anger is a huge trauma to a child. Yelling at a child and then saying, not telling the child why they got reprimanded or ridiculed or uh, punished is a trauma to the child. So all those traumas, how I see them is like, I see all the traumas, you know, those yellow stickums that you, notepads that you put on your refrigerator or something? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I see people with all those little stickums on them and it's all their traumas. Like my parents yelled at me or my father slammed the door, uh, was angry, slammed the door, or my father was, maybe the father was an alcoholic and you couldn't ever talk to the, the father, couldn't 
respond clearly to the child. So everything that we think is normal, you know, like a mother saying to her child, I don't have time for you. That's a trauma to a child. I work with patterns. I work with a lot of um, basic patterns. And one of them is the doing something wrong pattern. And uh, what will people think pattern? And the rejection pattern, the punishment pattern. All those patterns started in the inner child started when we were very, very young, and we got kind of used to them. We called them normal. It's okay to yell at your child. It's okay to ridicule the child. No, those are traumas in the child. And it's getting through those traumas to our inner self, our inner divine self. So we, we come onto the planet and we're divine. We have a divine connection. And then we go through society and our parenting with our parents. And then here we are on a spiritual path, trying to regain that inner child again, so that we can have, could have a complete life, a divine, complete life, a spiritual life. Hmm. Wow. That makes me emotional. Thank you for that explanation. And I just want to reiterate what you said. I think it's important to point out here so that people don't minimize their own experience that as we're growing up, trauma can be a big event or it can be all the little embarrassments and shame that we feel as children, even getting picked last in gym class or being made fun of, or like you said, the way our parents reprimanded us, all of these experiences can be traumatic and they can add up and compound on each other. And if we don't learn how to process all of this and feel our emotions and heal and let go we're then walking around carrying all of this trauma inside us for a long time, right? Yes, perfect. Exactly. It's exactly. So Kumari Devi, what are the signs of a traumatized, unhealed inner child? Well, I think that we see that a lot in society. People are disconnected with their inner self. They're angry for no reason fearful. A lot of women are fearful to be in the world, fearful to step up and being seen in the world because of father issues. Or, you know, I see that the fa- how the father and the mother play roles and how we create this foundational consciousness in us. We see, look at all the anger that is on the planet right now. I mean, everybody's angry about something. We're so disconnected from our inner child and we're so disconnected from love loving ourselves. And that inner child gives us that self-love. It gives us the connection to our inner self. And without that inner child, we wander through life with no meaning or purpose, or what should I do next? Or how should I be? Who am I? All those questions get answered in that inner child and making that conscious connection. Wow. And being easily triggered too in adulthood, right? Our triggers are our guides and a sure sign of an unhealed wound. Oh, yes, absolutely. Triggers are so beautiful though, right? Because the person triggering you or me or whatever is not the cause. They're just flipping the switch and they flip the switch so that we can see something that is hidden in our shadow or hidden, I don't really like the word shadow, but hidden in ourselves that has not been looked at or healed. It's not a bad thing to get triggered. 
you know, that's an important aspect of healing is not to look at it as good or bad. It just is an experience so that the more we can even out the mind and even out the energy and the emotions, the easier it is to heal. But if we start calling fear and anger and resistance and confusion bad, then we're going to really push away from the, that energy versus seeing it as equal. Okay, you have, you're angry today. So what? Okay, everybody gets angry. You're fearful about taking the next step in your life. Okay, so what? Or you're sad. Be sad. Who cares? You know, it really doesn't matter. But the point is, if the pattern is hurting you from moving forward or stopping you from moving forward, you want to address it and see what the issue is, and then heal that issue, release that pattern. Thank you. This is big. I don't think a lot of people realize the magnitude to which our early life affects us into adulthood. So I'm really happy we're calling attention to this today. I think it's really, really important. Yes, absolutely. We don't realize how little things that happen in childhood, like the mother saying to you or someone else to their child is saying, you know, I don't have time for you today. And, you know, the child may have been really sad and vulnerable and a parent who they look up to say, you know, you're not worth my time. That's how it's kind of getting translated into the child. I'm not worth her time. She doesn't love me. You know, that awareness of a parent not loving that child. And maybe it's not true, of course. You know, maybe the mom was just having a bad day. But the internalization of that energy as the child, it plays out through the rest of their lives. They don't like themselves. They feel insecure. They have worthiness issues, rejection issues. Everything gets played out. And here we are. We have to, we have to look at that original pattern and then release the mind from that original pattern. Mm. So from what you said, it sounds like our childhood trauma and being disconnected from our inner child impacts our self-love and self-worth in adulthood. Yes. Yes, it does. It, it impacts how we see ourselves. I grew up in a huge dysfunctional Catholic family. So, of course, there was a lot of doing the right thing, you know, doing the right thing. What will people think patterning? A lot of what will people think patterning and the doing, doing something wrong. That doing something wrong pattern really plays into self-worth and self-love, you know, because, you know, a parent, say my mom, she reprimanded me or, you know, punished me for something, but she never told me what I was doing wrong. You know, I was just being a kid. We're just being kids. We're just being playful. And then all of a sudden we get hit or we get yelled at or something. And that internalization of that energy is detrimental, not only to that child as a trauma pattern, but also as an adult. And so we get into a corporate job and then uh, the your boss yells at you because you didn't do it right. And you get triggered into, what am I doing wrong here? I thought I was doing everything right. I followed all the rules. And then you feel ridiculed and shamed and embarrassed. And then you pull the energy gets pulled back into the self and we start beating the self up. And it can cascade into a, a huge emotional experience for that person. Wow, I'm learning so much today. Thank you so much. So in essence, 
when we journey inward and connect with our inner child and heal our inner child, help them release those traumas, we can unlock a lot of love and potential. Yes, when we heal all the issues or we look at the major, because we can heal everything, it would take, you know, 10,000 lifetimes to do everything. So we have to look at the major patterns, like that punishment pattern, or the like the doing something wrong pattern, fear, the anger, rejection. Rejection is a huge pattern. So, uh, you know, we're always told to get over rejection or whatever is going on. But if we're really wounded at that rejection, in that rejection patterning, it ta- it's very challenging for somebody just to get over it. You know, they keep retracting back to self, self-talk, negative self-talk. So it's all, it all plays a role. All, everything that happened with the inner child in childhood as that foundational consciousness propels us forward or not. It's all connected. It's all connected. So what does it feel like once we heal our inner child to be fully in alignment with our inner child? A person would be more playful, vulnerable, very playful, you know, like wearing their emotions on their sleeves and not caring what other people think. You know, you don't care what your neighbor says or you don't care what anybody thinks about you because you have that self-awareness. And that's what the inner child gives you is self-awareness that you didn't do anything wrong. You were just being a child and then you had the human experience in there and it gives you that vulnerability to be truly present and uh, connected with your inner self. Yes, the ultimate goal. Thank you for connecting us to that embodiment that we all have access to. Yes, it's always present, but patterns in life get layered into the subconscious by experience. So there's all these layers and layers and layers and layers of experiences. I'm very much into getting through things quickly. I like the quick and easy route, you know? Yeah. Who wants a long drawn out therapy session? Let's get to the core and pull that energy forward. And then we can um, live happier lives. Yes. That's the goal. So Kumari Devi, I'm curious, you have a lot of experience and so many healing modalities in your toolkit. You're an author and an herbalist and a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher and a cranial sacral therapist and a medical intuitive and the list goes on. But why do you choose to work with the inner child specifically with your clients? I like the inner child work. I like to see results. I like people to get results fast. Like I said, I'm like quick and easy. I'm not saying that working with the inner child is a quick and easy process. I mean, there is, it could take a year to get through the inner child. However, the results are far more substantial than to elongate that process of healing you know, through five or 10 years with the therapist. I'm not saying that therapists are bad. A lot of people need a therapist and more and more therapists are doing spirituality, which has been very helpful. But what I like about the inner child is that we get to go back to the divine aspect of ourselves 
and remember him or her and bring that energy forward so that we can we can reconnect with it in this lifetime. It's not outside of ourselves. It's not something esoteric. It's right here. We could go there. We could pull that in. I could pull that inner child forward to today. And then your mind needs just to catch up with that, basically. Um, but it's just so rich. It's just so divine is probably a good word. It's just a rich experience to see how the self develops from inner child to our adult self. It's just that powerful. So does healing our inner child and childhood traumas allow us to step fully into our power and purpose and lead our best lives? Absolutely. Because we get through the patterning and the wounding of childhood and to really to see how how great everybody is, how great they really are even though they might not feel great, especially women, because we're so connected emotionally to our world. We, um, we see life through the emotional lenses. We're so emotionally connected to everything in our life. You know, it's hard for us to say, well, uh, I'll just put that feeling over here, you know, like men do sometimes, you know, they'll, they can compartmentalize their mind better than women can because we're emotionally connected. And when we connect with our inner child, we feel the fulfillment, we feel inner happiness, we feel inner joy. We're connected again to our divine self consciously. It's not something that somebody else did for us. We do it ourselves. We're consciously connected. And in that conscious connection, we can see a forward movement. We could see our path forward. And a lot of people do change their lives, change their life purpose and move forward in a different direction once they come in contact with their inner child. I love that. It's my wish for everyone to reach their highest potential in this lifetime. That is a good goal to have. Something I've been wondering, though, is our inner child the source of our imagination and creativity? Yes, that's a good way to look at it. Yes, in our imagination, vulnerability, because the inner child is very imaginative, but then we lose it somewhere along the line, the lifeline. And we're told, you know, that's not real or, you know, uh, start thinking like this instead. But it's our parents' patterns or our teachers' patterns that take us off of our divine path. And that imagination, I have a very vivid imagination and I see things beyond this world and I could see things in people's minds. And it's just amazing. If everybody could just tap into their imagination, that would be a wonderful world to live in. I know. I agree. I get chills thinking about all that we could create if each of us unleashed our inner child and followed our inner child's guidance. The possibilities are endless. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was beautiful. Thank you. I found a quote I wanted to share with you along these lines by Jada DeWalt. The quote is, imagination is our inner child and creativity, it's playground. Perfect. I just love that. Perfect. It's perfect. Kumari Devi, can you please provide us some tips and tools for connecting with our inner child, some actionable items for everyone listening today? 
Well, I think one good action is to be playful, to honor the playfulness in us and that creativity to go paint. I often tell clients to go paint, do something, dance, sing, whatever they were doing in childhood. Like, you know, a lot of us took ballet and dance and singing, we sang all the time. And whatever they whatever a person likes to do when they were a kid, they should start doing now as an adult. A lot of people will say, well, you know, they don't have a voice now or, you know, they sound terrible. But that's all the patterning that somebody told them when they were singing instead of allowing that singing voice to come through. One tool for that is to be playful, creative. I often tell clients to go paint. Again, the best way to figure out what the patterns are is to hear yourself say, if I say to you, go paint, and you say, oh, gosh, I can't paint. I don't know anything about painting. I'm terrible. I can't even draw a, you know, a, a house, a stick house or a stick person. Those are all the patterns blocking you from your creativity. So the same thing with singing. When someone, I say to a client, didn't you like to sing when you were a kid? Yes, yes, I love to sing. And then why don't you do it now? Oh my God, are you kidding? No way, I can't hold a tune now. All of that are all the patterns that have stopped them from being creative and in touch with their inner child. That's a big release if a person can go do that. You know, a lot of people start a creative project and then somebody ridicules them and then they stop it. So it's connecting to that inner child, that vulnerability, that playfulness, creativity, imagination that is very helpful. I love all of that. Thank you. The key is play to invite in more playfulness and creativity into our lives. Life isn't meant to be so serious all the time. Oh, for sure not. And, you know, it's so interesting how how adults want to stop the process of play because they're uncomfortable with their inner self or with their inner child. They probably may have had a bad childhood and they don't want to remember it or they don't want to engage in that. So they push playfulness away. And, you know, look, a corporate world is not very playful, but you could bring playfulness into situations and it's happening. Spirituality is very playful and yoga is very playful. And, you know, we could bring those aspects into a corporate environment as well, which is happening more and more. Yeah, that is good. And some other ideas I had, maybe playing with chalk on the sidewalk. That was really fun, right? As a kid or rediscovering childhood games that made you happy as a kid or singing a song at the top of your lungs and not caring what anyone else thinks, anything like that. Yes, or in dancing. I had one of my clients dance around her office. And when I told her that she's in a corporate situation, she goes, oh, I can't, you know, I'll get fired. I said, no, you're not going to get fired. I said, just Go to the water cooler and just, you know, do a little number, do a little number, just start dancing. Okay, she did that. And, you know, some people rolled their eyes back, but somebody started dancing with her and they ended up in a two step dancing all the way down the hall and they loved it. So it it is the playfulness, the bringing in happiness and not caring, not caring what anybody thinks. So that same client had a big conference, very strict, 
corporate conference. And in the middle of the conference, he cracked a joke. Everybody laughed. And then they said, aren't you into yoga? And she goes, yes. She goes, why don't you show us some yoga poses in this big corporate meeting? So, you know, here we go. It's just the unfoldment. It's having the courage. And that inner child has a lot of courage, but it was taken away from them at a very young age. And we want that courage to come out. We want to be unique and different and loving, self-love, loving the self and having that courage. Yes. And some things I like to do myself is invite my inner child to participate in something I'm doing. So I actually visualize my inner child doing that thing with me, or I visualize my inner child next to me. And sometimes I even talk to my inner child. And I found the activity my inner child likes doing the most is dancing and especially dancing in the rain. My inner child loves dancing in the rain. So I'll actually visualize my inner child dancing with me and it lifts my spirits and brings me so much joy. And I'll find myself laughing uncontrollably when I do this. And it's just like really special and healing and uplifting. Perfect. That's a great opportunity with your child, your inner child, and which I also tell my clients, you know, pretend you're sitting right next to your inner child in the car and you have to listen to what they want. So dancing in the rain is perfect. And listen to what the inner child wants and go do it. You can't deny it. Once you become conscious of your inner child, you can't deny your inner child anymore. So that's a big part of the healing process with our inner child. Yes, and to self-inquiry, talk to that part of yourself. Talk to the inner child. You know, in the morning when you get up and you're taking a shower, connect with that inner child. Ask that child, what do you want to do today? I want to go for ice cream. Go for ice cream. So we stop denying ourselves things. We stop rejecting life. We start loving life or embracing life. We're getting to our core inner self with happiness and self-love. I love that. And after we've started connecting with our inner child and listening to our inner child and inviting the inner child into our lives, the next step is healing. Can you please provide us some tips and tools for healing our inner child and childhood traumas? One thing we talked about a little earlier is not about criticizing the energy of fear and anger as being bad or negative. I teach my clients never to say that fear is negative or bad, limiting, or uh, we need to resolve issues. We need to keep our mind as even as possible. Our minds are based in duality. It's, uh, the mind is also always looking for a dual situation, a right or wrong. We taught that very early between the angel and the devil, the good, the bad, okay, the duality. But to heal and to progress on a spiritual path, even towards enlightenment, we want to keep our mind as equal as possible. So not to take sides, not to say, oh, this is the right thing, or this is the wrong thing. There is no right or wrong. It just is. If we could just be in that neutrality, then we could heal faster. Okay, so that's one important factor. The other thing is to self-talk, is to really come to self-talk and say to yourself, 
what do I really want to do in this situation? Or how am I really feeling? If you get triggered into anger, especially, you know, what am I angry about? What's the anger about? Behind all anger is fear. So then if we have that anger, what's the fear? What do we feel like we're losing here? Or what do we feel like we have to hide from? Who are we defending? That's a big one to ask ourselves. Who am I defending? Only the ego can get hurt. Okay, so the ego part of us, which is our conscious and subconscious mind, is developed in childhood very early on. That's when we kind of lose the connection to our divine self. We're developing ego personality. Only that ego can get hurt. So if we can remember that, especially in relationships, who's getting hurt in a relationship? Oh, the ego's getting hurt. But the, the spirit in us, the true self of us can never get hurt. It can never be sad. It can never be disappointed. And that's the point about that inner child. When you were a very young child, you weren't sad or disappointed. You were just present, right? You were present. You were present on your mother. You were present with the family structure. And that presence is still in you, but it's kind of covered by your life experiences. So we want to get you back to that innocence that innocent child with a whole gamut of, I don't want to use the word positive necessarily, but life enhancing energy so that you can go and do your life purpose or somebody can go do their life purpose and fulfill their happiness goals or whatever their life is about. Very powerful stuff. Thank you for sharing. And I also want to point out a tip to healing with our inner child, mothering ourselves the way that we need, perhaps sitting our inner child on our lap and telling them they are loved. They are safe. They are worthy. They are divine. They are sacred. They are held giving ourselves the love and attention we've needed all along. So powerful and healing. Yes, absolutely. All that is very powerful. It is the safety piece for the child is very important, like you said, and the holding piece, holding that child. That whole imagination piece is really powerful for that inner child. So yes, very nice. And do you have some meditations on your website if people want additional resources? I do have an inner child uh, meditation on my website and I'm uh, putting together a workshop, hopefully by the end of the year, to do it in person so that we could reconnect with that inner child. Great. So switching gears now towards a higher level perspective, why do you think so many adults in our society are cut off from their inner child? Yes, that's a good question. So in our society, in the Western society, we're taught that we have to live a certain way. And more indigenous tribes, the inner child is more playful through their whole experience, you know, like in Africa. And, you know, everybody's trying to be like Americans. Like we, they look at American lifestyle that it is the lifestyle, but it, it, we are the furthest from our truth in this society. And, you know, more indigenous uh, tribal societies, which are fewer and fewer now on the planet, they are more in touch with their inner child. They're more playful. They're more 
alive. They bring more aliveness to their own lives. They might not be so emotionally sophisticated like we are in the Western world, but they have more playfulness. And we've lost that playfulness because we're told that we have to be mature or we can't do that in a corporate world. And what will people think? And there's that pattern again. What will people say? What, what will that neighbor say if you start dancing in the rain? You know, you're dancing in the rain at midnight. What will your neighbor say? Like, who cares, right? Who cares? We're so programmed to care about what other people think about us that we have lost the connection to us. And that's what that inner child is about, making that conscious connection and bringing it forward to our adult life. Yes. This societal conditioning to turn us all into these super serious cookie cutter adults fitting into the same box. But as we awaken, that mold just doesn't work anymore. And then it's a process of unlearning and healing and deconditioning and figuring out who we each are at our core and what brings us joy and happiness and what our purpose is and rediscovering our inner child. Perfect. I was just thinking about how spirituality is very much the same. I started 30 years ago in Los Angeles, or actually New York here, and it's basically the same spirituality. We have to have the courage to step out of our boxes. And that's why I like to do this inner child work is because we step out of that box of spirituality. I'm not an average spiritual teacher. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to make you look internal. I'm going to make you look at things that you probably don't want to look at. However, the more we acknowledge who we are, that divine self, the easier it is to get beyond what we think the impasse is. You know, there really is no past. There's a memory, but the past doesn't exist. Even though that inner child is hidden, that memory of that inner child is hidden in our subconscious. We're so conditioned by what is the right way and what is the wrong way that we have lost our our true self connection. You could see it in the Indian the Tibetan lamas and the Indian uh, gurus, they're very in touch with their inner self. Of course, they don't have a lot of internet and TV and all of that stuff. And they come into connection with their, their selves easier because they don't have so many distractions. But here we are in America and we have, we're so conditioned by what we should be doing. We really have to step out of the box out of the mind, out of perspective and see life, actually see life from a different perspective that we're not bad or wrong. You know, the child in us or who we are is not bad or wrong, but is divine. And how do you think that we can nurture the children in this society so that they don't lose their inner child as they grow up? Yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? We have to heal the adults who's parenting them because of the adults are the ones who are stopping the process. The adults are the ones who are creating the patterns by their own deficiencies or their own um, inabilities to see life from a different perspective. Yeah, it's a pattern idea. 
it's changing the pattern of who we are or who we want to be from the deficit to the enlightened. You know, we are always seeing our lives as bad or wrong, or we did something wrong or we're bad in some way. That's all that Christianity or religious factors coming in, right? So there's always that piece. Well, when I was growing up, I'll say that, you know, the religious thing was a big factor because there was nothing else really going on. There was no Instagram or internet. But now, so people are more educated about who they are and the religious part doesn't play such a big co-factor in their lives. So we want to step out of the pattern of being bad or wrong and step into the pattern of being positive, divine, and whole and happy. If we could switch that around in our minds, then we could live a different lifestyle. And each of us can participate and contribute, whether we are parents or not. We all have a role to play in building a more loving and accepting and playful society. Yes, that would be wonderful. Wouldn't that be nice to live in that society? I'd love it. As we each heal, it raises the frequency of the planet and helps everyone around us heal. Absolutely. That's why it's so important that people heal and look at their stuff. Even if you're getting triggered, it's so important to look at your stuff. It's not the other person. That person triggering you isn't the cause of your trigger. It's just showing you that there is something to be healed. Yes. Kumari Devi, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your wisdom and presence with us. My final question for you is, what is your vision for the future of humanity and the earth? My vision for the planet would be that everyone understands what self-love is and lives their life through self-love. If we could grasp that idea of loving ourselves, we wouldn't you know, put any toxins in our body. We wouldn't think negatively. We would be dancing our divinity. We'd be happy and and connected and understanding that nobody's right or nobody's wrong. It just is an experience. I hope this conversation today excites you and inspires you and sparks your curiosity. I hope you feel called to journey inward and discover your own inner child. Your inner child is there waiting for you. Once you set your inner child free, the magic you can create together knows no limits. I'll end today with a quote from Hannah Sohail. See the world through the eyes of your inner child. The eyes that sparkle in awe and amazement as they see love, magic, and mystery in the most ordinary things. <laughs>